0: You know, we're not a couple anymore, but we still have this child and, you know, we want this child to grow up to be an emotionally and otherwise competent person. So let's give this child a good childhood and, you know, let's make the child, you know, come first. And, you know, and that's um, that's really great when parents can put their child first. Um, not only during the divorce process and any um, you know uh, later custody cases, but you know just every day.
1: My grandparents stayed married for over 50 years. They came from a generation that didn't believe in divorce. They stayed married no matter what, even if you stopped liking each other. Wow, has the world changed? Today, half the marriages, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. If it's your second marriage, 60% end in divorce. If it's your third marriage, 70% end in divorce. Today's podcast guest is Christy Thompson with Christy Legal. She is a divorce and custody law paralegal. She works with both sides of the couple to help them reach a solution that's beneficial to both parties. In today's world where attorney fees and legal costs and court costs are skyrocketing, she charges a fraction of the cost and gives a discount to military, law enforcement, teachers, and firefighters. And you decide your outcome, not the judge. She's passionate about helping you keep your money rather than giving it to attorneys. My name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience.
2: Today's broadcast was brought to you by Beyond Design, where they work to provide businesses with affordable and individualized marketing through quality design and strategic implementation on online media production, print advertising, events, and public relations marketing. You can find Holly Brunette and her team at Beyond Design at graphicbeyonddesign.com. And note that anytime you see the AGC logo at one of our events on a sign, print, or social media post, you will know that Holly and her team at Beyond Design took great care of
1: us. Today's podcast guest is Kristen Thompson with Christy Legal, So excited to have you as a guest today on the ATC Experience podcast. I see you at a ton of events, uh, ATC events all over, and it's been fun getting to know you a little bit, but I'd like you to share with our audience at home, our audience in their offices, a little bit about you and what it is you
0: do. Well, um, I uh, started my life in St. Paul, Minnesota, and then my mom married a Navy man. And so then I moved um, from Connecticut to Florida to Virginia to Connecticut. And I came back to Minnesota because that's where all my relatives are. It's not because um, you love the winter. No, no. <laughs> I returned here um, for the Halloween snowstorm of 91. Oh, my. And my car was in at least two feet of snow. And I was kind of thinking, what did I do? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I work in uh, divorce and custody law. And so I help people handle their divorce and custody cases um, with less conflict because I encourage the parties to reach decisions versus taking it to court and dragging it out for two years. And I um, also do it at less cost because I charge two-thirds less than the average attorney.
1: You know, uh, what I love about what you just said is, uh, first of all, you said, I, I help people. And I think in the line of work that you do, that this is when people need someone the most, especially someone with your experience and uh, how you're able to maybe just talk people off the ledge, so to speak. Get them in the mindset of collaboration, helping one another. And, and you know, guys, we could both spend lots of money here and we can fight over everything, including the toaster. Or we could figure out how to how to make this work and, because we may have a child to raise uh, for the next you know fifteen years together.
0: That's absolutely right. Um, you know, I when I used to work for attorneys, I did work on a case um, that was going on for three and a half years, and I worked on several cases that were a year plus. And all that does is make the um, attorneys on both ends wealthy. Um, I drive a Honda Civic. I'm, I'm not getting wealthy off of my clients, and um, and it was a 2008 Honda Civic until last year, and um, and I'm I'm a very like uh, peaceful person. Um, even when someone comes to me and says, you know, I need to file for divorce, I always say, let's try to get your spouse involved because <clears throat> it's going to be so much simpler and so much cheaper if we can get him or her to work with us. I mean, you know, I say, please like, you know, how about just let me talk to him or her. And, um, and basically I just try to, you know, explain to the other person that, you know, it's, it's in his or her best interest too, to work with us. Because um, when you bring your case to court, you lose control of it. When you handle it yourself, you can reach creative decisions that work for you guys better than what the judge is going to decide about asset division, about debt division, and about sharing the children. The judge doesn't really know what's going on in your life, you do. So you should be the ones deciding how your marriage ends.
1: So, your goal through this. Because you mentioned I, I drive a Honda Civic, and by the way, those those last forever. Right, Great, that's, how you <laughs> that's, that's it. a really good decision. I uh, like uh, hiring Chris Angle <laughs> to to help you through mediation to help you uh, come out amicably in this decision. And your goal is not to uh, and and forgive me if I'm saying this wrong, but to to make tons of money. But your heart is really around, how can I help these two people and and help them save money?
0: Yes. Um, I mean, I know lots of people who have gone into debt um, for divorcing and for custody cases as well. Um, So on the custody end, I know people who have been to court every year fighting over, you know, who's going to have the kids more? And, you know, are you going to pay for, you know, this? activity or, or whatever. And again, all it does is get the legal professionals who are involved wealthy. Um, you guys could reach decisions on your own. Um, just agree to do it. Or, I mean, if you want it in writing, I could write up the stipulation that, you know, this new thing is going to happen, but yes. Um, I, you know, I do want to help people and I want to help people because I, I didn't grow up in the happiest of childhood homes. And my uh, my mom should have divorced before she did. And um, and I wish uh, that she had taken the route that these people are. Because being in a household where the parties don't get along is not only not fun for the parties, it's really not fun for the kids. You know, I, I know that some people stay together for the children um, and they think that that's good. And maybe in some cases it is for a variety of reasons. But honestly, being in that kind of household, what it uh, served for me is uh, it made me worry of men for a while. And also made me wonder if um, being in a long term relationship, especially a marriage, was a good idea. And so I would rather help people just separate. And I've had a lot of people tell me that they really you know, like their ex now that they're not married and living with yes. a person. And yeah. I'm like, you know, the first couple of times I heard it, I was super surprised. And now I, I'm like, I really, really starting to get it. That yeah, these two people just couldn't live together, couldn't make decisions together, you know, just didn't have enough in common. And they were, you know not great for each other Um,
1: better friends than marriage partners yeah friends or acquaintances maybe not sure
0: but usually acquaintances but yeah and and I really like that because I know I'm helping the parties and I'm helping the kids
1: it's so unique that uh, because I have a friends also that are are divorced and and I have one set that they the the divorced couple just fight all the time over every little thing. And then I have another divorced couple friend that they just do everything together. I mean, like they go to the baseball games together. Sure. They, they plan around each other's vacations and holidays and communication. And I just love that. I look at that and I'm like, that is so smart and so good for the child that's involved not to see their parents just continually fighting over and over
0: again. Yeah. Um, I think your second friend um, is probably practicing something that I've heard people call uncoupling, where it's like, you know, we're not a couple anymore, but um, we still have this child. And, you know, we want this child to grow up to be, um, you know, an emotionally and otherwise competent person. So let's give this child a good childhood, And, you know, let's make the child, you know, come first and, um, you know, and that's, um, that's really great when parents can put their child first, Um, not only during the divorce process and any, um, you know, uh, later custody cases, but, you know, just every day, like, you know, am I gonna let um, my ex-wife switch days with me so that she can do this cool thing with my child Or I get to be all uh, with my undies on a bunch and like, no, it's my parenting time day. Um, You know, like, think about your kid. Does your kid want to do that fun thing with his mom? Or does he want to know that you um, made it so he could do that fun thing with his mom?
1: I'm curious when someone decides to come to you uh, to work with you. And you have a unique position where you're going to be working with both sides of this issue where I think the traditional attorney uh, might only be working with one side. How does one, for example, let's say I wanted to get divorced and now I want to go have this conversation with what will soon be my ex-spouse. How do I convince this other person that, this is a good idea instead of because we're so trained to just go your separate directions. And usually there's something that's happened that, that's gotten away that people are like, I want everything and you're going to get nothing because all these emotions are in place. Everybody's <coughs> angry and upset. It, how does a spouse that's considering, like, right now, am I going to go to get a divorce attorney? Or am I going to call on Christine? How, how do they make that move, not only to, to work with you, but to get their other sp- spouse involved to say yes?
0: Yeah. That's probably a
1: complicated question, I know. No, <laughs> not at all.
0: Because <laughs> like I said earlier, even if somebody comes to me and says, you know, they want to hire me, because I do work, you know, just for one person as well, but okay. it's just not what I prefer. I don't prefer that because then I'm not helping as many people. I'm not really helping the situation fully, but, you know, um, when say the husband contacts me, I say, okay, um, you know, please tell your wife that I would like to do a free initial consultation with her as well, because I'm going to be unbiased here. Like, even though you're contacting me, I'm working for both of you and I'm not favoring either of you. I'm going to tell both of you, you know, like this is the law, you know, these are the things you could do. I do want to do it, but I'm not going to uh, favor either party. And I have angered people a couple times because one of my clients um, was, is a very wealthy man, and he didn't want to his uh, soon-to-be-ex-wife to know that she was entitled to spousal maintenance. And I told her, and he kind of shot daggers at me. <laughs> and I was like that's okay because you know what I am not here for you I'm here for both of you and you know and I'm I'm just telling the truth here but what the law allows and I really didn't know how the wife was going to um move on with her life without you know temporary spousal maintenance um just for two years to she did have a professional degree but she had to kind of get back in the swing of things And figure out how to work full-time and be the primary
1: care provider for the two kids. And Yeah. Honesty is always the best approach, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And (laughs) I I like the way that you answered that because it was, I'm not here for just you. I'm here for both of you. If I'm interested in working with someone like you, I can approach that soon-to-be-ex-spouse and say, I found someone that will have both of our interests at heart and that is focused on us making good decisions together as opposed to fighting over things. I I think that's excellent. And one of the things that I know about you just from uh, working networking with you and getting to know you as a person, you're really a fraction of the cost of what it would cost to go and hire an attorney. And I'm just curious, and if you're willing to share, what is the difference? Like if I were to go hiring, hire an attorney today in the Twin Cities, what is the average cost to do that? And what is the average cost to work with you?
0: Attorneys charge uh, between 2 and 550 an hour. And, you know, there are cases when you do need to hire an attorney, you know, where you think that your spouse is hiding assets um, because I am not an officer at the court, so I don't have subpoena power so I can't subpoena their financial records, or if you need an emergency order for custody and parenting time because you think your child is being abused, I will also encourage you to get an attorney for that because you're going to need representation in court and you're just going to need things that I can't do. However, if your situation doesn't fall into one of those categories, I charge 85 an hour and I just two-thirds less than the average $250 an hour attorney. And I also give a discount to, as some people say, a whole school of people. (laughs) So I give a 28% discount to uh, military people, uh, law enforcement and corrections officers, firefighters, teachers, psychologists, and social workers, because they are my heroes. And that's the only way that I can give back to them. And I do also give a 20% discount to people who are what I call moderate income. So if they earn under 40000 a year, and that's not a hard and fast rule, but it's kind of a rule of thumb. Yeah. And, and, you know, don't let my statement about when I refer people to an attorney make you think that I can't handle fairly complicated situations. I've handled cases where there was property in other countries People recently immigrated from other countries. One of the people, uh, the English wasn't great, but she did have um, a master's, so she's fairly intelligent. There are orders for protection, neglected children, and uh, mentally ill parties. And this was all in one case. Oh, wow.
1: One case. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I'm sure you've, you've seen a lot, and some stories you could tell, and some stories you couldn't tell based upon <laughs> some of the things that you see and hear from clients. I'm so glad you shared that because whenever someone is considering now, I never even considered uh, hiring someone like Christy, and wow, that kind of savings could really make a difference, especially if you do fall in that income bracket. And I think it's fantastic that you offer those discounts for our heroes that are out there. For people listening, tell us a little bit about your education background because you didn't just wake up and decide <laughs> like, okay, I'm gonna be a paralegal and there are certifications you have to have or licenses or degrees of some kind. Please tell us a little bit about that.
0: Cool. Uh, well, I have two and a quarter degrees from Hamlin University in St. Paul. I in political science public service. I've always been about serving the public. And then I started a master's in the art of teaching. And maybe, which is maybe part of why I can work with people well. Yeah. And then um, my final degree was my paralegal certificate. And I did an internship actually in areas of law that I do not work in. But uh, family law is the the uh, opportunity that uh, came before me. I originally was not intending to work in family law because it is really full of drama. But now I'm just like, wow, I am really well suited for it because I can handle a lot of drama and stress. And I guess I'm kind of naturally a counselor to people unofficial. No, 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 no real claims here. Right, and uh, people just really seem to open up to me, and and hey, at eighty five dollars an hour, I cost less than a counselor.
1: This is true. <laughs> this is true.
0: And so, yeah, I I just uh, started working in it, thinking, okay, well, this is where the opportunity is, and now, um, honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: You also recently did a certification. Maybe I'm using the wrong terminology, and you can correct me. But I but I feel like I remember you saying, hey, I'm taking all of these classes around mediation. And that was oh, pretty recent. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean
1: that was like week after week after week for a while. Because we were missing you at a yeah. few events. And I'm like, where are you at? Yeah. And you're like, oh I'm doing this mediation
0: thing. Yeah. So I don't know how I forgot it, but so for people who are lawyered up and want to keep you a lawyer, <laughs> I also do mediation. And every case um, in family court is required to do mediation first. And just like with my paralegal services, I charge less per hour. I charge 125 per hour. And I do, uh, for people who are, again, my heroes, and also the moderate income folks, I do the 20% discount for that as well. So that brings it down to $100 an hour for those folks. And um, the average mediation in Minnesota costs between two and $300 an hour. So I'm, I'm more equitably uh, priced on the mediations as well. And yeah, and I, I love doing mediations. I do them at office centers locations throughout the Twin Cities. And yeah, I I, I do that as well. <laughs>
1: well, that's great to know the, the difference and division between that. And of course, not, uh, not knowing the industry, it's not something I realized. So you can either work with someone who doesn't have attorneys, who wants to do this uh, in an amicable way and not lawyer up, save money on attorneys and do it that way. That's probably the preferred method. Very concerned. Absolutely. For for everyone involved. Yes. Uh, But if they've already got attorneys, like they've already went and done that, uh, but they're still fighting over the little things like the magnets and this and that on the refrigerator and the toaster and we're just not getting anywhere. At that point, the attorneys might suggest a mediator, or either either side might suggest a mediator, and that's where you can help out in that as well.
0: Yeah, a um, mediation is um, court-mandated, ma- oh, so okay. they must participate in it. Gotcha. It's in an effort to try to keep them out of court. It doesn't always work, and a lot of people do uh, come into the mediation with not a very positive attitude. I don't blame them because, like you said, a lot of people during divorce are just like, I'm taking everything and and are, you know, very narcissistic about the whole situation. Um, it's all them. So, you know, if you're going to a mediation with somebody who is narcissistic or just self-centered, it's probably not going to work. So I guess that they have good reason to not be all excited about it.
1: That's interesting that... Even the judge is like, we want to keep this out of court. Yeah. And why they put that law in effect for mediation. And, and I just didn't realize it. I, I just got married, so I'm not even thinking about divorce. Right, right. I never have to think about <laughs> right. divorce. I don't think that's anyone anything that anyone wants to go through. But if you're in that situation, it's great to have someone call on that you can trust, that can help you. And it's centered around uh, just making sure that both of you get through this as easily, as simple as possible, and walk away spending the least amount of money. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I'm curious, do you have like some big success story? Is there anything that comes to mind where, uh, you know, I worked with this family and because I worked with them, I know that the outcome was better than it could have been. I'm sure there's probably lots of them, but is there anyone that stands out?
0: Yeah. Well, if I could tell uh, two, the first one was actually the case where there was property in other countries, recent immigrants, uh, mentally ill party, order for protection uh, to keep one of the uh, parents away from the children. And in the end, I made sure that the parent who um, was neglectful towards the children had very limited parenting time. And if that person was neglectful towards the children again, the person would go to having only supervised parenting time because this is the courts of view as well. The courts honestly don't give a hoot much about the parties. They are concerned about the children. The kids. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know, one of the parents was uh, couldn't really just couldn't handle the children. And so it just... Figured that that person maybe shouldn't be with children very much, and so that was the agreement that was reached, and both parties signed it, and so the kids won. The kids won. I love that. And so the second one is it was very challenging, and in the end, it was really great. So the parties were from uh, an African country originally, and the wife was very uh, recently, well, twenty years recently. Um, from the African country. And she actually didn't believe that her husband could make her divorce. And so first I had to convince her that yes, he can make you divorce and you can either work with me and keep it simple and inexpensive, or I can just help him. And then you're going to have to go find a lawyer for like 300 plus an hour. And then it's going to be back and forth and up and down. And so I was able to convince the wife to work with us. And that was like victory number one. And the parties were very, very argumentative, even in front of me. Extremely argumentative. That's where, when I used to be a corrections officer, I was like, "Oh, it's good I used to be a corrections officer because stuff might happen here, and I might have to like restrain somebody."
1: Well, that—that's a level of experience <laughs> that not every person, mediator, not every attorney, not every paralegal would bring to the table. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I used to work at the juvenile prison in Red Wing, and uh, usually in the sex offender unit. Oh, my. Um, and so, you know, I just, I don't get bothered by some situations as some people might. And probably a lot of people would have not um, dealt with these folks because they were very argumentative and very high volumes. And I could I kind of almost felt like something was going to pop off at any second. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine
1: that type of training. <laughs> would have you in a place where you can recognize things easily. Also, how to diffuse it fast and how to keep your cool in the process and stay professional. And that's just, I can't, it just has to be a great base of knowledge and experience to bring to the table for something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it kept me cool during their very, very heated
1: moments. <laughs> wow. And I don't know, but do you know, what is the statistic today for marriages that end in divorce?
0: It's really sad. The average first time marriage, 50% likely.
1: If 50%. you're on your
0: second marriage, 60%. Yeah. If you're on your third marriage, 70%.
1: Well, end in divorce. Oh my <coughs> gosh. Yeah. It's amazing how the world has changed. Back when my grandparents and great grandparents married, I mean, they married for life. Even if, even if you got to a spot where you slept in other beds and you didn't like each other anymore and you argued all the time, you stayed married because that's what you were supposed to do. And then the next few generations came forward and it's like, then there were a handful of divorces that happened and everybody in the neighborhood talked about it. Oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is big, big news. And now 50% of marriages in divorce in the first marriage and so on. That's alarming statistics. And I, I read a article recently that talked about how the in the the new generations coming up, the millennials and and so on, are having less divorces, and it's not because uh, they're they're getting divorced less; it's because they're choosing not to marry.
0: Yeah,
1: which means that look at the bad job my generation did, right? That that they're going. Marriage just isn't a sustainable thing, so we're not going to divorce. I'm curious then, with those type of statistics, is it more men or is it more women that approach you? And what tends to be the age demographic?
0: Just to just for a minute to um, talk about, you know, a possible reason why millennials might not want to be um, getting married as much. Let's think about what the laws are regarding divorce. Yeah. So it's kind of a raw deal for whoever earns more money and accumulates more assets, because they're giving up at least half of their retirement fund, you know, and if both parties chose to have uh, one of the people not work during the marriage, then the person who did work will be paying spousal maintenance um, for at least two years, possibly more. And so I think a lot of, especially men, are like, wait a minute. I don't know if I like that so much. And so I think that's why I actually, I I know that's why millennials aren't getting married as much. Because it's kind of a raw deal for people sometimes. So the people who approach me, it's actually all over the place. Um, So from the gender um, side, though, it does tend to be a little bit uh, more often men. Okay. And I'm not sure if that's because um, men are more financially conservative, but in my own relationships and my mother's, you know, relationships, when I was growing up, the women were more financially conservative, so I don't know. Right. (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, And then demographics. I have helped people who are as young as I believe 27 and as old as 74 divorce. And I have helped people of almost all religions so far. I have not helped someone who is Buddhist um, divorce yet, but all the other religions. That's
1: interesting. I wonder if there's statistics. I'm sure there are, and we probably won't quote them today, but around different religions, uh, which ones divorce more than others and so on, uh, that you haven't yet worked with Buddhists. maybe Uh, maybe i should
0: start practicing (laughs) oh oh, i forgot hindu people as well okay yeah or like the other non-main religions either going back to the high rate of divorce i wondered you know why are people divorcing two and three times a lifetime yeah and so i did what anybody can do and i googled and i came up with a whole bunch of psychological research that said that um A lot of people either don't really know themselves. And so they don't know like who they would match up with well, or they don't have the real uh, ability to read others. And so, you know, then they're thinking, oh, he or she is a great match. But the person's, um, for instance, an A when they think they're a B. And so it doesn't work out.
1: That's a really good point because I think back to my own life, and, you know, I first got married at age 17.
0: I, I, That's legal. I, well, only <laughs>
1: only with uh, parental consent. Oh. Um, but lived in a very small country, southern town, and everyone gets married early, has kids early, and not always in that order. Uh, it's it's an interesting area. I, I love my town, But... You know, I got married at 17 and was having my only son at 18 and then later divorced early. I mean, it was just within a year. And I, here I am with this baby and I'm raising this child all on my own. And it was something at that time frame really unheard of because I remember the judge saying, they're going to have help with this, right? <laughs> You know, if your mom's going to step in, someone's going to, your grandparents, somebody's going to help you, it's because men just were not raising, especially infants, on their own at that time. But the world has changed and life has changed. But I I think back and I'm like, I didn't even know who I was, what I was going to become. It's also why when I see kids going away to college at 18 years old and they're choosing what they're going to be in their life, I'm like, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I was 18 years old and we're trying to make those decisions so early in life. And, and, you know, my, my advice, I'm not necessarily qualified to give (laughs) advice. However, I would say, wait, get to know you yourself uh, first, get to know the person that you're about to marry and have a long engagement before you go into this, Um, you know, before you go into it with, not enough knowledge, not enough experience with that person, and, and hopefully that it never ends in divorce because you did all that pre-work.
0: I totally agree.
1: Yeah. So I see you at a lot of AGC events, and that's how we met, and I'm yeah. so thrilled to meet you and have such quality professionals in AGC. What has been your AGC experience? Because we have a handful of attorneys inside AGC. I think you're the only paralegal as of right now. And I, I find that interesting. So what has been your experience so far? Are you getting business yet? Are you, are you getting good leads? Are you meeting the right people? Has this been good for you?
0: So AGC has been the single best thing for marketing my business. You know, I, I, I didn't know it would be when I signed up in February. Yeah. However, I had some good references for the group and I was like, you know what, I am going to give this a try and it just has been the single best thing for my business. Honestly, in business, it's who knows you. Oh, yeah. You know, it's who knows you. And like more people know me now. And people, um, when I come to AGC events, they know me as the divorce lady, which is good. <laughs> yeah, I, I well,
1: It's Christy Thompson, but everybody just says Christy Legal. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: they think that's your last name. Yes. Yeah, some people have said, so is Legal really your last name? And I just kind of laugh. I'm like, no, it's Thompson. But I work him on. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, kind of like the great things that have happened since I joined AGC are, you know, meeting lots of people. And so the more people you know, the more likely you're going to get business um, from people. Yeah. And uh, Travis was so very kind to offer me a free table at the vendor table. and at the you won that. I won it. You did.
1: You won that. We were at the Burnsville event and it was there was a drawing around uh, who brought the most
0: guests that night. You won that table. You earned it. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I earned it. <laughs> you did. But it was still generous and I still appreciate it. And, you know, I gave uh, a chance for, you know, maybe some people that I hadn't already talked to just mingling, to, like, you know, see my business and,
1: you know, see what I'm
0: about and um, that was cool. And um, and then um, it also gave me a chance to meet um, a mortgage banker named Tammy Wagner. And Tammy has, like, made me do things that I didn't want to do. So... Got you she, out of your
1: comfort zone.
0: Yes, yes, totally. She offered to be with me when I do my free family law clinics on the third Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. and, you know, serve as someone who can answer their questions about mortgages. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, sure. And then she's like, and we have to do videos to promote this. And I'm just like, ooh, videos, yuck. Oh, and um, and now she's actually kind of sorry that she asked me to do this because now I'm like, after every AGC event, we're doing a video, And we're just going to like check in with everybody and like remind them of what we do. And, you know, and then we do our videos um, marketing the family law and mortgage clinic at different places in the twin cities. And then we recently brought the family law clinic online um, in the format of a Facebook live video. And so we took questions from people either who called in or sent us questions ahead of time. And um, so I think, now I'm
1: pushing Tandy's boundaries. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I, I love to hear about the relationships that are being built inside ATC. I, I love the, the the business that's being done and the difference that it's making for our members. So thank you for being a member. If our audience at home wants to know how to find Christy Legal. How to use her. Where can we find you? Do you have a website or anything you could steer us towards?
0: Oh, yes. There's lots of ways to reach me. My website is uh, Christy Legal. Christy spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, legal.net. You can email me at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, at ChristyLegal.net. I have a Facebook page called Christy Legal, M-N. I am on uh, Instagram as Christy Legal MN. I'm on Twitter as Christy Legal MN. And uh, oh, and my phone number, that uh, you know, archaic thing, the phone, 651 775 7899. So those are the various ways that you can reach me. And I do give um, everyone a free up to uh, one hour initial consultation.
1: That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for being here. It's so awesome to have you on the ADC Experience Podcast. Audience, thank you so much for listening. And if you love what you hear, please share it with others. Tell others about the ADC Experience Podcast and watch watch for and listen for great guests like Christy. Yes, thank
0: you very much. Have a great day.
2: This podcast was produced by Elation Studios. Go to www.elationstudios.co. That's www.elationstudios.co to learn more. Elation Studios. Discover your voice. Clarify your vision. Build your life.